ವಸುಸುತಂಸಚಾಣೂರಮರ್ದನಂ ದೇವಕೀ ಪರಮಂದಂ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ವಂದೇ ಜಗದ್ಗುರು ವಿ ಆರ್ ಸ್ಟಡಿಂಗ್ ದ ಫಿಫ್ತ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಭಗವದ್ಗೀತಾ and the question at the beginning of the fifth chapter which arjuna asks that uh, sanyasam karmanam krishna punar yogam cha shankshasi yat shreya etayor ekam tan me bruhi sunishchitam um giving up the actions renunciation of you know your duties and activities in the world um that's one way and the other way is to do those duties as karma yoga and you have praised both of them so why don't you tell me one which i should follow and we saw krishna started so krishna started the instruction pointing out that there are actually two aspects to this one is the way of life whether you want to be a householder or a monk actually physically giving up involvement with the world karma literally here means involvement with the world are you going to have a job earn money hold property have um, a husband wife children you know all of that or not or are you going to become a monk and give it all up that's another way of life drastically different ways of life so that's a genuine question really another thing could be that um, the with the householder is associated karma yoga and with the monk is associated gyana yoga so he may be asking the question about which kind of spiritual practice is he to perform is he to do all activities in the spirit of service of unselfish activity karma yoga or is he to engage himself in uh, gyana yoga that means uh, come to vedanta uh, study vedanta under a teacher um, think about it think it through really gets conviction and then meditate upon it and get enlightenment so which which spiritual path is he supposed to follow and krishna's answer is uh, twofold first of all the, um, as far as spiritual practices are concerned all the practices have to be done regardless whether you are a monk or a householder karma yoga bhakti yoga uh, dhyana yoga and gyana yoga they all have to be gone through everybody has to go through that or uh, as last time i think somebody asked a question that the select few may be ready um, the example somebody put it nicely somebody who lives near the airport need not take a cab to the airport so yeah that's true but those are very few few in number and we will ourselves easily understand the moment we sit down to meditate within one minute if we are perceptive we'll understand how controlled our mind is the mind is not controlled then all these spiritual practices are necessary um one must go through karma yoga bhakti yoga dhyana yoga and then come to gyana yoga gyana yoga is a must because that will lead to the knowledge which gives rise to enlightenment that's one answer the other one is as far as being a monk or a householder is concerned it is up to you but shri krishna uh, he shows a preference for the path of the householder spiritual seeker in both but he has preference for the path of the householder in the sense that uh, it requires special preparation to be a monk um you can become a monk but you can't come back one can always go from householder life to a monastic life but the other way around is not possible there are unique difficulties with the Uh, life of a uh, of a monk there are many advantages but those advantages require special preparation so he says it's better to start spiritual practice uh, in in your householder stage itself so that's the position so far then he said ultimately all these spiritual practices 
all, all activities are ultimately appearances. They are like activities in a dream. Uh, we did those verses eight and nine. The, the jnani, the person of knowledge, feels that naiva kinchit karomiti. Yes, I do not do anything. Why? The person who realizes I am the witness consciousness. That person sees that uh, while, uh, you know, Pashwan, uh, Pashyan, Shrinvan, Sprishan, Jigran, touching and uh, hearing and seeing and smelling uh, and tasting, eating, walking or sleeping, um, just breathing, all activities are going on. And yet the enlightened one can, can honestly say, I do not do anything because I am the witness consciousness. I am the screen on which the movie is playing. Um, so what is going on? The body and the mind are interacting with the world. And both body, mind and world are appearances. So that is at the level of the jnani. That is what is taught by Vedanta and the jnani, the enlightened one, realizes this. So that's the ultimate um, conclusion of all activities. They, they All activities will continue, but they are part of the world appearance. They are not ultimately real. Ultimately, what is real is the, uh, the foundation, the ground of it all, existence, consciousness, bliss, which you are. But until we come to that, um, what do you do? Verse number 10. Brahmanyadhaya karmani sangam tyaktva karotiya lipyate nasapapena padma patram vivambhasa. The tenth verse. I think we had touched upon it last time. So, he who performs actions dedicating them to the Lord and giving up attachment is not touched by sin as a lotus leaf by water. So until one comes to the level of a jnani, until one at least even understands what is meant by being the witness consciousness in which appears the world and all activities, to, to come to that stage itself is difficult. Before that, if I honestly, I, I firmly feel I am this person, this body-mind person, this jiva. Um, yeah, I know I'm consciousness, but I'm clearly I'm associated with the body and mind. And I, I must be honest that I feel only that I'm this one and not the other things. And I have a sense of ego, and I have a sense of doership. I am doing these actions. I am speaking, sitting, walking, talking. This is, it comes instinctively to me. In that case, which is the case with most of us, there are very few are so elevated as to clearly see that I am the witness of all actions, and I actually am not doing anything. But until that stage comes, then what should you do? Brahmanyadhaya karmani. Do all activities, um, dedicating them to the Lord. So karma yoga is to be gone through. What is karma yoga? Continue to do all activities which come to you. The duties at home, your uh, work in the community, in your career, and in your personal life, including from, from your morning exercise to your, uh, you know, to your spiritual practices. All of it is karma. Even spiritual practice, studying Vedanta, meditating, that's also activity. As long as we have the sense of agency, everything is activity for us. Everything is karma for us. So continue to do all that as karma, as the worship of the Lord. Brahman Here Brahman means 
not pure consciousness it means consciousness plus maya you will see why the vedanta sara class is so useful now uh, so when it when it is a brahman here it means saguna brahman or ishvara brahman plus maya god when i am the jiva it is not easy for me to say i am brahman aham brahmasmi that is not yet come i have not come to that level then i am clearly this individual being uh, then what is brahman that ultimate reality it is god now all my activities let me do it as a worship of god brahmanyadhaya karmani and how do i do it we have heard this again and again in karma yoga you are doing it as a worship of god sangam tyaktva without attachment karotiya the one who does this god in whichever form what do you mean by god brahman plus maya vedanta sar courtesy of vedanta sar the ultimate reality limited by or associated with maya maya is the upadhi so then that brahman becomes the god of the universe with endless powers all auspicious qualities benevolent omnipotent omniscient the creator preserver and destroyer of the universe the lord of all beings like us and the giver of all the results of karma most adorable so we worship that lord and again here in hinduism you have this whole variety of traditions multiple traditions so the, the god uh, or saguna brahman you can worship as shiva you can worship as vishnu you can worship as devi durga kali whatever like shri ram krishna worshiped kali who is kali for shri ram krishna saguna brahman from an vedantic standpoint you can worship as ganesha in whatever form and you can easily see how the christian jewish or islamic idea of god easily fits into this this paradigm and you are worshiping god when you worship god like this you have a particular tradition you hold on to and that is called ishta devata that is a, an important concept in hinduism so if all these forms all these traditions all these names and mythologies associated with it and rituals associated with it and holy places pilgrimages associated with it all of this this is each of them is like a religion in itself and if all of them are true then which one do i do what do i do do i do all of them no of course not that is sri ramakrishna said ishtanishta that means it's like digging a well in one place instead of digging a well in six different places a one foot well i dig for some time i don't find water here go and dig elsewhere and don't find water there at the end of the day if i have dug six one foot wells no water anywhere it would have been much better to dig one six foot well so that is uh, ishtanishta you hold on to one form uh, one way i worship krishna my tradition is vaishnavism or i worship the divine mother kali but i know vedanta the advantage of vedanta is that it gives me the idea i know what i am doing so i because i i still have a strong sense of individuality of this person then devotion come devotion is recommended strongly so bhakti towards the ishta and all my actions now become worship puja so karma yoga is performed in that way then what will be the result lipyate nasa papena padma patram ivambhasa and the example is given just like a lotus leaf is not um, you know doesn't get wet the, the water rolls of the leaf similarly you are in the midst of activities but you don't get caught in the world uh, attachment to the activity and its result we get caught in the machinery of the world you can't run away from it either 
Swami Vivekananda said, you can't run away from it, from the machine. You must learn, we must learn how to work the machine till the machine sets us free. Machine means Maya and this word. So work the machine, how, you must learn how to work the machine. Don't work with, with desire that I, uh, I am uh, doing these things so that I will get these particular results, which most people do. No, instead of that, if we convert our activities into worship of God, lipyate nasapapena, it's not, um, not stained by sin, is not touched by sin. Not touched by sin, not only by sin, by anything good or bad, good karma, bad karma, you will not be trapped because everything is puja for you. Um, the job that you're doing at and the career, that's a puja, that's a worship of God. The taking care of the family, of your near and dear ones, that's puja, doing work for the community, for the ashram, um, everywhere that you work, it is a puja. You're doing karma yoga. You, don't, you need not even make a division that uh, the work that I do at home and, and the work that I do in the office, this is part of my secular life and the work I do in the ashram or temple, that is part of my religious life. It may be good to begin that way, but you can very soon you will see it is the same everywhere. Whether I'm doing work in, at home or in the ashram or in the office, it's the same, basically, same kind of work. And all of it can be offered to God. So, lipyate nasa papena is not stained by sin. Neither, obviously, whether person will try not to do anything wrong, sinful activities that this spiritual seeker will try the best to avoid. What it means here will not be caught by the results of karma will not be caught by the results of karma. Um, then this theme is, he further expands on that, on the 11th verse. Kaena manasa buddhya kevalai rindriyai rapi yogina karma kurvanti sangam tyaktvatma shuddhai So, what does it mean? Men of selfless action, giving up attachment, perform action through the body, mind, intellect, as also the mere senses for the purification of the mind. So this karma yoga, it is done at multiple levels. Kayena, which means with the body, physical actions. That, is, that also can be karma yoga. It's worship of God. Um, Vacha, that means by speech. It's not, it's not mentioned here in this list, but speech also. That we can do karma yoga through speech. By thoughts, what we imagine in the mind. By our faculty of understanding, buddhi. And the senses, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching. All of these can be engaged in the worship of the Lord. So there's physical puja. At, at every level we can do karma yoga. Just like we do physical puja, we sit down and we perform a ritualistic worship. Uh, similarly, if you're sitting down and uh, writing a report for your uh, you know, office or something, why cannot that be a worship also? That can also be a worship. I was reading uh, uh, conversations with Swami Bhuteshanandaji, a monk is asking, so while doing the work, suppose we are doing work in the office, he's a monk in an ashram. So while we're doing the work in the ashram, but it's an office, you know. So do, how do I convert it into karma yoga? Do I do japa mentally while doing the work? So Bhuteshanji smiles and he says, no, how is that possible? If you're doing accounts and you keep doing japa, you'll make mistakes in your accounts. 
So one way of doing it is at the beginning of the work, dedicate it to God that uh, uh, here is my worship today, O oh Lord. Maybe in the middle, you remember the Lord again. And at the end, dedicate it again to the, to the Lord. You can do it multiple times throughout the day. So that is physically you can do something. Um, vacha, by uh, speech, you can do something. This is all, when he says indriyerapi, by all the senses, it includes speech, um, the motor organs and sense organs. By speech also one can do. Uh, I have seen um, Pujari, a Swami who is the, uh, the worshipper in the temple, old Swami. Even when he is not worshipping in the temple, even when he is not doing ritualistic worship, he is just walking around. He is continuously chanting. It has become natural for him. This hymn, that hymn, this totra, that stuti, this is just Sanskrit hymns are coming out. It's he's just mumbling it or reciting it as he walks along. It's like a continual worship through the speech, a worship using the speech for worship. But you can expand it in its larger sense also. All the speech that I do when I'm speaking to people, which may be a very secular activity in the family or in the job, can I think of that as a worship? I'm using the words. The, all these senses are given to me by the Lord. So the faculty of speech is also given to me by the Lord. And I'm using it to worship the Lord in this way. So I will speak what is true. I will speak it gently. I will speak sweetly. Uh, so all of these ways. This is a worship of the Lord. Remembering that I'm worshipping the Lord in that way. Swami Ranganathanandaji, he is in his reminiscences, even though he was the 13th president of the order, uh, in his reminiscences he says, when he was a little boy, one day he came home from school and used an abusive word which he had learned at school from some, some of his friends. And his mother immediately said, if you utter such words, then Saraswati will never dwell, the, the you know, goddess of learning, will never dwell on your tongue. Uh, and he said, that made such an impression on me. Immediately that corrected all tendencies of using any kind of curse words or abusive words forever in my life. Um, Vacha, converting walk, that means the ability, the power of speech into an instrument of worship. Manasa, by mind. So um, one can worship in the mind also. See, I'm, I'm giving, I'm interpreting this at two levels. One is at the level of ritualistic worship, puja. So physically one does ritualistic worship. You sit in the asana and you're doing a puja of your Ishta Devata. There are mudras to be done and asana to be you know, sitting in. The, by speech, you are uttering mantras and hymns. By the mind, you keep your mind on the Lord you're worshipping. You, I mean, one can actually physically go on worshipping and chanting mantras if you're an expert pujari and the mind may be thinking of something else. Quite possible. So the mind has to be kept on the Lord. So this is the ritualistic worship. Um, you can have manasa puja. That means uh, um, externally the puja may not go on, but in meditation, you can imagine the Ishta Devata in, in the, an luminous lotus in your heart. Imagine the form of the Ishta Devata. And then you are actually worshipping the Ishta Devata with, with, with imaginary, with the, with the mind, the faculty of imagination, flower and incense and food offerings. Uh, all of that you are worshipping mentally. Manasa Puja. Now the same thing can be extended to our external activities. Physically, instead of doing the puja and sitting in the um, you know the posture and using the hand gestures, you're doing other kinds of. You're sitting in other posture when you are driving or uh, writing a 
you know report on your computer you are using other other hand gestures all of those can be thought of as uh, physical worship of the lord instead of uh, uttering sanskrit hymns uh, or mantras for the ritualistic worship we are saying other things when we are talking with people and thinking instead of thinking mentally worshiping the lord there we are uh, thinking about the work of people outside but all of those can also be uh, imagined as the attitude can be changed that's also my worship of the lord so kayena manasa you can add vacha by speech buddhya so by our understanding even this vedanta practice which we are doing right now for example we have all come to class and we are studying vedanta yet we do not have the breakthrough that i am the atman and when i'm reading that i am the witness consciousness the, the person who has the breakthrough for that person it will be just be a report of a fact that yes it's just telling me as it is but if i if i'm not at that level it will be just something that i have to attain in the future that i have to realize that i have to make the breakthrough but in that case all my study of vedanta will be a karma yoga even the vedantic study what i consider to be gyana yoga you know the um, studying coming to the gita class and uh, reading the book and thinking about it all of it is still karma yoga until i get the breakthrough um, in one way of putting it i mean if you say that no that is uh, gyana yoga the gita the, the gita class upanishad class is because it is shravana manana nididhyasana even if i have not made the breakthrough even if i think of myself as an individual being uh, isn't that gyana yoga you can think that way also kevalai indriya api so this word kevalai it means with with the humility with the understanding that all the factors of work which i am um, using the body the speech the sense organs my mind these are all given by the lord they are powered by prakriti by nature and none of them they belong to me really so i am using the the instruments the powers and energies and capacities given by god to worship god this with this kind of humility with this kind of worshipful attitude we engage in action which action all actions Inclu- including ritualistic religious actions and our day to day actions yoginaha the yogi which yogi here karma yogi karma kurvanti they for- perform actions sangam tyaktva again giving up detachment because all of these actions can be performed for uh, giving up attachment so all of these actions can be performed for selfish gain that must be given up otherwise it does not become karma yoga see this is one simple fact it may sound little harsh but sometimes people say i have done my duty in the world isn't that enough for god realization no it is not one must actually consciously deliberately seek god even the duties in the world which we do one must connect it to god in some way it must become the worship of god that i am doing the duties in the world um, honorably struggling to do it good that that counts in your um, favor that counts in my favor that i am struggling in the world to li- uh, live an honorable moral ethical life and putting up with so many troubles i have met many people like that uh, i've done the best i could throughout the life isn't this enough for god realization actually it is not it's good that one has uh, led uh, uh, you know struggled in life to do the best one can that's much better than not doing it but also one must consciously seek enlightenment must 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 consciously seek uh, god realization
Um, also, similarly, I, isn't it enough if I do karma yoga? According to Krishna, according to Vedanta, not enough. Because he says here, Atma Shuddhahe. All these yogis doing these activities for what? Atma Shuddhi. Atma Shuddhi here means, here Atma means mind. So Atma can mean body, it can mean mind, it can mean the real Atma, the uh, you know, pure consciousness. Here Atma means mind. For the purification of the mind, Chitta Shuddhi. Here Atma Shuddhi is equal to Chitta Shuddhi. Purification of the mind. Remember the three levels of sadhana, three levels of spiritual practice. Impurity of the mind, it has to be corrected. We need purity of the mind. And how will you do that? Karma Yoga. And this is what he is saying here. Distraction of the mind, we need concentration of the mind. How will you do that? Upasana or Dhyana Yoga, meditation. And that will be said in sixth chapter. He will talk about it next chapter. Finally, ignorance in the mind, we need knowledge. How will you do that? Jnana Yoga. So three levels. Again, this is classical Advaita Vedanta. So, Atma Shuddhai, these Karma Yogis, they perform all these actions with this attitude for the purification of the mind. Not for enlightenment. For enlightenment, you must come to the Vedantic teaching that you are Brahman. There must be Shravana, Manan and Nididhyasana. So, classical Vedanta is inflexible on this point. I have devotion to God. Isn't it enough? Advaita Vedanta will say, no, it is not enough. Purification of the mind through Karma Yoga, concentration of the mind through Raja Yoga and Bhakti Yoga, but enlightenment through Jnana Yoga. But you can take it in a little more, um, you know, more liberal form in the sense that, yes, it could be enough if you have devotion to God and ultimately by the grace of God, you get knowledge. This much Advaita Vedanta will stick to that ultimately you need knowledge. Knowledge will overcome ignorance. If you say, God will give me knowledge. Sri Ramakrishna said that my mother has told me everything, What is has shown me everything, what is there in your Veda and Vedanta. Then that's also all right. Because ultimately, it is God who does give knowledge. Um, yes. That's a more liberal interpretation. The strict interpretation would be, no, Karma Yoga first, then Bhakti Yoga and Raja Yoga next, and then Jnana Yoga to give you enlightenment. And of course, you can keep doing all four together. But the results will be separate. The results have each of them has specific results and specific purposes. All right. Then twelve. Continuing the same topic. Yukta karma phalam tyaktva shantim apnoti naishthikim ayukta kamakarena. Phale sakto nibadhyate. The harmonized one giving up the fruit of action attains the highest peace. The non-harmonized one, one working under the sway of desire is attached to the fruit and gets bound. Basically what it means, the yukta means the karma yogi here. Let's make it more clear. The karma yogi giving up attachment to the results of actions. That means has no selfish desires. And performs all the actions as a worship of God. Shanti Mapnoti attains peace of mind by this discipline, by dedication to Karma Yoga. Whereas the opposite, Ayukta, the one who does not perform actions as Karma Yoga, is doing actions or not doing actions. Doing actions either out of desire or not doing actions out of laziness. What will happen? They become attached to the results and they are trapped by Karma. So, in samsara will trap them. 
and they will be um, bound by worry and anxiety and suffering so here's an interesting point karma yoga gives peace of mind actually you know this topic of peace of mind many people come most people come to spirituality for peace of mind all the yogas give peace of mind all the yogas give peace of mind how let me start from the most outward and go to the core the most obvious thing to a more subtler and subtler things so most obviously um, we must first of all if the what is the goal peace of mind how do you get peace first of all one must give up uh, things uh, activities which we ourselves know actions which ourselves know to be unethical if there is something that in my life i know others may not know that i am ashamed of that i find unethical i will not have peace of mind whatever happens in the world i will not get peace of mind so americans have a nice uh, phrase for it clean up your act so you clean up your act then only there is peace of mind possible this is called dharma first of all in spiritual life one must move from adharma to dharma this is something one must keep track of for a very very long time in spiritual life it's quite possible to have be very philosophical very intellectual and have all kinds of uh, subtle spiritual practices and yet lose track of the foundation that is dharma and slip into adharma then the whole thing is is uh, destroyed again so one must move from adharma to dharma uh, make up one's mind that yes i may have done things which are wrong i may have done things which are sinful i will not do them again um i repent for that and i will move into a dharmic way of life what is at least to my own conscience and uh, it's good to check with society the society i live in the times that i live in so just check with that that this is moral and decent so that is that gives peace of mind one um, story i like is one man wanted to learn meditation and he went to a sadhu to learn uh, yoga patanjali yoga meditation and the sadhu said well first of all yama and niyama do's and don'ts in spiritual life you have to tell the truth you have to be non violent you have to be self controlled this man did not like all that kind of advice and he said yeah yeah we learned all that in school you know uh, go ahead i i want to learn how to sit and the breathing and the meditation the focus and the asana and pranayama teach me how to sit properly you know the postures now this um, monk you uh, understand it nicely in hindi and translate later aap uh, uh, he said aap ashtang yog sikhenge ya vikalang yog sikhenge you want to learn the eight limbed yoga or the you know vikalang literally means the handicapped yoga with some yoga with some limb missing the two limbs the first two limbs are the moral limbs when you remove that um and then he said in again in hindi aap black money par asan bichaoge dhyan hoga seth ji so you have hidden undeclared income black money means it's in, in india it's a term for undeclared income you haven't paid taxes you're hiding that money and then you hide it under your bed and on top of the bed you put a nice uh, meditation mat and you sit for meditation then the monk said do you think your mind will be we uh, will be calm in meditation will it be focused so um dharma one must move from adharma to dharma and that is the non glamorous hard part of spiritual life that's why swami vivekananda gave stro- so much stress on character development 
character making a good character and then that's why ethics is the beginning foundation of all religions every religion whatever it's, it's dualistic non dualistic theistic non theistic ethics is a big big part is the beginning and for a long time it is all about ethics then one goes to the next level remember the topic is peace of mind the next level is karma yoga i may be doing ethical actions and yet i have no peace of mind notice everybody here whoever is here um householders you, know, you are working you earn money you take care of families none of it is unethical doing your duty in life and yet you might say that but we don't have peace of mind the reason is that the i am doing it ethically i am not violating laws i am leading a normal decent life and yet i fret i am anxious because i have certain very specific desires i want these things and i don't want those things raga dvesha is there i want money and more money and more money all in a moral way i want gadgets i want houses i want this experience that experience um i want my kids to go to first i want kids then i want kids in the best public schools then i want kids to go to ivy league colleges <laughs> what the kids want that's not a question at all so uh, uh, all of this is um, my my program and often life is uncertain it goes many ways many things happen in life which are beyond my control and therefore i am unhappy i have specific needs specific demands from life all moral all ethical nowhere am i violating the law but still there will be no peace of mind it is because of kama desire so the next stage for peace of mind is what krishna is saying nishkama karma yoga why would you do karma yoga shankaracharya in his commentary makes it clear again and again nishkama doesn't mean aimless it doesn't mean without any purpose at all that's madness i will do so much karma yoga so many spirit so many things i'm doing a spiritual practice there must be a aim yes there is a aim but the only aim is chitta shuddhi purification of mind only aim is god realization let's keep the ultimate aim in in view the aim is enlightenment god realization that is clearly an aim so someone may ask then that's a desire too how is it an action without desire no the desire for god is not to be counted among desires sri ramakrishna makes this very clear um mishri he says mishti madhya no he says this rock candy is not to be counted as a candy because the candy uh, produces acidity acid reflux so the rock candy actually destroys acid reflux similarly um if you uh, the work done with desire it produces reaction unhappiness work done for god realization removes those desires and gives me peace of mind so it is not to be seen as a desire desire for god is not a desire not among desires karma yoga work done the same work done as worship of god gives peace of mind immediately you will see a huge difference instead of doing that i want my children to perform very well good if children perform very well i am happy if they don't perform very well i'm uh, definitely i'll be unhappy but my whole point was i am worshiping the lord in the form of my child after that it's the lord's will what will happen not happen that everybody we are all children of the lord 
there's some i like this saying that god does not have any grandkids so you your children your parents all of you are children of god <laughs> so one generation only we are all children of god god will take care of us god will take care of your children also so you need not worry so much you are doing your duty and if it sounds very harsh and dry doing my duty you are worshiping you are adoring you are loving but whom are you worshiping adoring and loving not your son or daughter you are you are worshiping or adoring and loving god god in which which way the ishta devata which was spoken of earlier your krishna your kali sri ramakrishna says he makes a pun on the word daya and maya he says my niece my son or daughter that is maya delusion but everyone is my gopala all are my gopala my, my child krishna is in everybody he says that is daya daya here does not mean compassion that since you don't have compassion to god it's it's worship of god it's spiritual that attitude is spiritual so peace of mind one interesting result is immediately peace of mind comes that's a, a benefit people may not think about immediately you don't have to wait for enlightenment it says shanti mapnoti gets peace of mind right away the moment you give up specific worldly desires and continue to perform the actions as worship of god just as you perform a puja with devotion simple devotion and focus after that you have an elevation of mind a feeling of purity and a calmness and a wholesome feeling after the puja for some time similarly after every action you will have that feeling you will be elevated by all these actions not degraded by it so i saw in the ashram the monks are um, someone is running a kitchen someone is running a school somebody is looking after money monks you're not supposed to touch money you're, all day long you're counting money one old monk said look by look at my condition all day long i'm counting money um, and uh, being an old man you know so he he was always worried he would lock the cash box and then go back and check whether it's locked it again and then come out and then go back and check again whether it's locked it or not and we used to pull his leg about it look look you have become a monk and you are worried about your cash box but you see why does he have peace of mind because he does not own even 1 rupee of that it is all the lord's property uh, all of it so somebody i was joking with somebody uh, that see even the millionaires and billionaires in manhattan they have one two three five ten houses you know in different continents i'm a monk i have at last count more than 200 houses in a, just about all the continents of the world all the ashrams of the ramakrishna order are my houses but the difference is i don't own a brick of even one of those places and that's good it all belongs to the lord um you get peace of mind no attachment these are mine no sangam tyaktva he says here yukta karma phalam tyaktva giving up all hankering for specific results from the work or even the work itself i like this work and i don't like that work why all of it is puja so why would you like this work or not that work monks they literally give up i mean physically they give up but when you are in the world you have to mentally give up the mentally give up means convert it into worship into karma yoga i may have told you this uh, 
I just reminded of this monk. I think I hope he's still alive. He used to live under a tree uh, in Uttarakhand. Literally live under a tree. And he had only a loincloth. Uh, maybe in winter he lived somewhere else. But his philosophy is zero zero. <laughs> zero zero means he begins the day, sunrise, with nothing, with no possession. And throughout the day, people keep coming to him because he a lot of the villagers revere him a lot. So they bring food and clothes and things like that. And quite a big bundle grows up throughout the day. But his policy is that as it grows up, there are devotees around whose work is to take and distribute all the stuff that comes to poor people in neighboring villages. So by the time sun sets, the monk is left alone with you know, under his tree. He and his tree and nothing else is there. Zero again at the end of the day. So his philosophy is, is like zero, zero. Nothing should remain. Um, but that's physical. It's actually more difficult to be in the midst of your possessions, your money, your gadgets, your clothes, your books, your car, and people around you, and maybe your dog and cat, all of that, and yet it all belongs to the Lord. Belongs to me, Maya. Belongs to the Lord, or the Lord himself is in all these forms, then that is spiritual. And that will give peace of mind. This is just a second level. The third level is internal. This is external. Internally, instead of thinking about the world, I will think only about God. So all my thoughts are about Ishta Devata and the mantra. No thought of the world is more valuable, more peaceful, more elevated than the mantra of God, than the thought of the form of my Ishta Devata. I think about Krishna all the time. I'll repeat the mantra of Krishna all the time. Internally, the mind is flowing in love towards God. Even greater, deeper peace of mind. You see the difference between karma yoga and this. This is this the second. This practice is bhakti yoga. Even deeper peace of mind. You will be filled with joy and love throughout the day. And never have we ever thought of God and been hurt or disappointed by it. If you, if you, uh, I think who said it that tears shed when you miss the presence of Krishna. Those tears are, they give a thousand times more happiness than all the smiles of worldly uh, pleasure. The, the smiles of worldly pleasure, they give much less happiness than the tears you shed for uh, the sake of God. Crying for the sake of, sake of God gives you great joy. So, keeping the mind on God, the love of God, you can repeat the mantra, you can you know, like chant. Uh, the, the Internally, it flows towards God. That gives great peace of mind, even deeper peace of mind. There's a third level. Then the fourth level is even deeper peace of mind. Is why even thought of God? Why even emotion to, towards God? Shut the whole thing down at least twice a day in deep meditation when you drop the mind itself. It shut down completely. Absolute peace, serenity, quietness of the mind, witness of the absence of the mind. That is yoga, samadhi. Deep meditation, where intense thought of God, and then finally that stops too. Um, that, is also, that is even deeper peace, where the mind also stops. And then finally, the fifth level. Fifth level of what? Peace of mind. And if you are like, what were the first four levels? 
So first is dharma, from uh, immoral to moral, from adharma to dharma, gives you peace of mind. And then karma yoga, even that dharma has to be performed without any worldly desire. It is performed as a worship of God, gives you more peace of mind. Second level. Third level, internally, apart from my activities, my heart, my mind flows towards God. It's love of God, repeating the mantra, thinking about the Lord, even deeper peace of mind. Fourth level is Patanjali Yoga. In Samadhi, in meditation, let the mind itself stop at least once or twice a day. That is even deeper level of, of peace and, and relaxation and freedom from anxiety completely. But the final level is uh, in, in jnana, in realization, that it is Brahman, Aham Brahmasmi. Inside, outside, with eyes closed and eyes open, it is the same reality. The problem with the, with the um, uh, yogic approach or even the bhakti approach is that this is spiritual. And thought of God is spiritual. All other thought is not spiritual. Or this is spiritual. No thought is spiritual. The moment the mind starts thinking, no, no, it's not spiritual. Uh, spirituality is available only when the mind has stopped. One sadhu put it very nicely. Only in samadhi you find God, then the problem will be, lo, apne pyare ko samadhi, mein je, samadhi ke jail khali mein dal diya. Now, if you put, say, the only in samadhi God is available, then, then see, you have taken your beloved and put, put your beloved in the jail of samadhi. It's a jail. It's a prison cell. Only when you enter that, you will meet your beloved, the Lord. Outside it, there's no Lord. When you come out into the world, God is not there. Sri Ramakrishna put it even more simply. He said, what? When I close my eyes, there's God. And when I open my eyes, there's no God. What kind of God is that? So, Advaita, Jnana, the, the path of knowledge, that finally shows you there's only one reality and the one reality only. What appears as the world is an appearance. Appearance of what? Of God. There's nothing else here except God itself. So everywhere, Sarvam Kalvidam Brahma, all this is verily Brahman. That is the highest peace. That is permanent. It's not dependent on anything. Then you realize your very nature is peace. Mandukya Upanishad, seventh mantra, Shantam, Shivam, Advaitam. Your very nature, the Atman, the self is, the name is peace. It's not that you're peaceful as against less peace, more peace, lack of peace, disturbance. No, you are peace itself. So that's the final, the deepest level. Five levels of peace of mind. I've given you quite an independent Vedanta talk. little. <laughs> so five levels of peace of mind. But, but here's Krishna's point is that every one of these yogas gives you peace of mind. Shanti maapnoti. Naishtikim. This nishtha, this discipline gives you peace of mind. Which discipline is he talking about? Karma yoga. It gives you peace of mind immediately. I mentioned that I saw in the ashram when I became a monk. So somebody's running a school, somebody's running a kitchen, somebody uh, is doing that cash, looking after the cash uh, day and night and worrying about whether the cash box has been locked. And yet they're not really worried. None of them. They're all at peace. One of them is taken from one work to another work, looking after uh, um, the, you know, the kitchen and then is sent next day to worship in the temple. Very different kind of work. Maybe you're not so good at it, but uh, it doesn't matter. It's all the worship of the same Lord. That attitude is very important. I remember an another time when um, I saw this monk. I was in the Himalayas in Uttarkashi, 
another monk was there, um, one of our order, and we used to go out begging for food every day in the afternoon. And <laughs> interesting, you know, there are places where monks are fed. So the monks would go with their, um, earlier they would go at a begging bowl, but now the begging bowl has been replaced by like a tiffin carrier, like a box. You open it and you put uh, rice and dal or, or the chapati and the dal inside. And the monks would come with that. And there, there's a specific time when the food would be distributed. This was in Uttarkashi. Uttarkashi, there are many monks. If you go higher up in Gangotri and other places, there are fewer monks. So you, there's enough space for all of them to sit together and eat together. But Uttarkashi, there are so many monks, there's no space to sit and eat. They'll just give you the food. Uh, you can take it in that box. So you have to come with a box. And there's a specific time when it's, they start giving the food. If you have come before that, there's a long queue. And what the monks do is, instead of standing in the queue, they put their box, the tiffin box, and then they go for a walk on the bank of the Ganga. On the, it's just next to the bank of the river. So you will just see a long queue of tiffin boxes. So when it's time for the food to be distributed, you suddenly find all sorts of monks, some with long shaggy hair and beard, some clean shaven, some wearing ochre robes, some wearing white robes, some wearing red robes, some wearing... And so it's a very different kinds of all different orders. They'll all come and form up in a queue. Now, why was I saying this? Okay, so we, I and this monk, we used to go. Um, then a few weeks later, I had gone back to our, our monastery. I'd returned from the Himalayas back to our monastery in India. Uh, and I was posted in a big college, a university at that time, actually. And this monk was also there. And at that time, um, a conference was organized to introduce certain software into the computer departments of different colleges across uh, the city. So the computer companies, including Microsoft, uh, Bill Gates and all, they had uh, given a big conference for all the computer science departments and all the teachers get to come to the fanciest hot uh, hotel in Calcutta. Um, I think it's the Taj or something like one of those. I've forgotten the name also. So we all went there. I went, that monk went because we were part of that university. Uh, and that monk was part of the computer science department. So we went there. And surrounding us were all the teachers and professors from different computer science departments. And we're sitting there in this very posh hotel, um, the, uh, one of the most expensive hotels in the, in the city. Now I asked this monk while we're sitting there, 15 days ago, Swami, 15 days ago, you were in the streets of a little town in, in the mountains, begging for your food. And now you're sitting here in the most expensive hotel in town, in, in, this, in this, this big city. Um, what difference do you find? He said something very interesting. He said, uh, when I was doing that, I felt it was not so bad at all. It's all right. And when I'm sitting here, I feel this is nothing particularly great about this either. There's nothing particularly great about this and nothing particularly bad about that either, about begging for your food in, on, in a mountain village, mountain town. And I said, see, this is the difference because you are, you are not part of the rat race, you know. Everything is karma yoga for you. Everything is a worship of the Lord, even the computer science department or whatever you're doing or your sadhana in the Himalayas. All of it is worship of the Lord. That's why it's all the same to you, really. I mean, it's not that you do not see that this is fancy and this is very comfortable and ultra luxurious and that's a hard life. You do see the difference. But 
it's not, not it doesn't really make a difference to you but imagine these people who are sitting around you who are who are teachers basically and on a teacher's salary they would never dream of entering this hotel so this is a story that they will go back home and tell the people back at home that we went to this big hotel and we saw such it it's this way and it's that way i don't know maybe teachers earned a lot more nowadays but in those days teachers did not earn so much to go to five star hotels so they would it would be a story to tell people and something that they would remember for years that they went to this very fancy place once and if they, that teacher is suddenly you know dismissed from the job you can't teach in the college anymore and uh, in fact you have to leave your uh, family and in fact you are exiled to a little town in the mountains and in fact you don't get to have any money you don't get to have any food you have to beg for your food and all you get to do all day long is to repeat the mantra and take the name of god um the teacher would be devastated to go probably go insane it would be like the end of life for the, for that person everything is gone whereas because you are not attached to this or that you are attached only to god and you see the same god in both see what a huge difference it makes it's not that the swami is an enlightened jeevan mukta no it's just that the paradigm has shifted that's what krishna is saying this discipline of karma yoga is called nishtha this this staying with this karma yoga attitude it gives peace immediately no matter it doesn't depend on what happens in the world anymore it gives you peace shanti mapnoti nishtikam whereas the other one ayukta kamakarena phale sakto nivadhyate those who are working for things in the world they get trapped and they fall prey to anxiety and frustration and tension and elation when things go their way just for a while elation wow it's great i'm on top of the world next moment uh, again there will be unhappiness you are on that rat race i like that saying that even if you win the rat race you're still a rat so uh, one must run the rat race for a while uh, and not even call it a rat race it's it's a, a good school for learning so once in a while i'm called to nowadays you know online call to address students i don't tell them these things i tell them how to uh, study and how to develop a uh, develop character and a personality and uh, and also tell them that there is spiritual life and this ultimate goal in life is that that this this is possible uh, one must develop first a gentleman told me it's good that you don't talk about giving up the ego from the very beginning one must have an ego to give up first one must have uh, possessions and some kind of uh, you know place in life to go forward from without having any of it uh, theoretically uh, it doesn't work one crusty old swami when young men would come to become monks in an ashram in in india first question he would ask is um, what is it that you have got to give up the buddha was a prince he gave up a kingdom tell me what are you giving up and the poor the poor young you know they, they mostly they were students or college college kids and they really didn't they were not rich or they didn't have families or jobs or anything so they would sort of be at a loss for words <laughs> really what is it that am i am i giving up all right let me stop here let's look at the activity in the chats
Um, can you all hear me? Yes. Why is this? But your video. Video is frozen. Frozen. Yeah, something is wrong with the. The video. Audio is good. Wait, wait. Yeah, something is going wrong here. I I can see both. I can see the video and also here. Now, now, is it better now? Is it better now? No. No. Wait, just wait for a. Um. It just might be something to do with the software here. Uh, it was okay for me up until a second ago when you tried to adjust something, but now I can't I see adjusted. you. Right. Uh, now also. Yeah, me... your video is now not, I cannot see you anymore. I can hear your voice. So maybe we need to get the computer science people here. You were talking about computer science. <laughs> yeah. We see the black box where your picture should be, but we don't see a picture now. I, I know I'm trying to adjust it because this thing keeps on um, adjusting and readjusting. Anyway, but you can hear me. Yeah. Yeah. Something wrong with this thing. But I was able to hear, see you also until just... Before you started adjusting something. Adjusting, yeah. I mean, what's happening is I can't do anything with the Zoom uh, panel because there's this like circle keeps going round and round. Like, it's you could try try quitting from Zoom and then logging back in. It should only take uh, thir thirty if, seconds. And what I'm worried about is if I quit, will the yeah Giant um, will let you back in. But if if the host quits, Giant is co-host. So Giant, will you oh, yeah. be will all with the whole meeting disappear? It's, it's okay if, I, if you don't see you as long as you can, you can, yeah, so you can hear you. I think that's, that's yeah. fine. That's okay. Fine, if anybody wants to ask a question, because I can't see the chat. It's it's frozen for me. So um, is incognito now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody has uh, a question to ask. Jack, can yeah. you read out the but chat? Oh, okay. Now, okay, I can now you're back. It's, it's now, back. now I'm back too? Okay, good. Yeah. The computer has made up its mind to cooperate. You became invisible for a while. Yes. <laughs> so Girish is asking, hold on to one form, but does that form have to be an anthropomorphic form? Can it be something vaguer? I won't like, use the word vaguer, more abstract, yes. Why does it have to be an anthropomorphic form? It can be, so uh, it can be a formless God with qualities. So like you have in uh, Christianity or Islam or Judaism, God is without form, but with qualities. That's what the Brahmos also worshiped. Um, Nirakar, Sagun Nirakar, with qualities and without it. Uh, Vishwanathan says, Swami Tyagananda's book, Walking the Walk, a Karma Yoga Manual, extremely helpful to put verse 10 into practice. Yes. So it, this is book he's referring to is Walking the Walk, a Karma Yoga Manual. It's a commentary on Swami Vivekananda's Karma Yoga. If you like it, if you are interested, you should pick up the book. Um, Sujay says, Namaste Swamiji, if you're knowingly or unknowingly involved in bad karma during this life, will it not negatively affect our effects of um, our efforts toward God realization? Even when we think that bad karma is to be worship, offered as worship, it will still impact us negatively. Yes, it will. But bad karma is not to be offered as worship in that sense. It is that I repent doing um, something wrong and I will not do it again. That's good enough. 
if uh, one cannot come out of it, one has one feels guilt about something sharply, then there's something called price chitta, which is a ritualistic repentant uh, repentance that also can be gone through. Many religions have um, methods for that, but come out of it quickly and don't repeat it. That's all. Will it obstruct our spiritual practice? To some extent, it will, but it doesn't matter. Um, you will just have to uh, surrender to the Lord and, with the help of God, overcome that. Ultimately, all of this will be overcome. Um, Alpana Chatterjee is asking, how important is the pronunciation of mantras and stotras? The right intent can compensate for incorrect pronunciation. Yes, uh, the pronunciation, as far as we can make it correct, let's make it correct. But if it is incorrect, see, one, one advantage of karma yoga, of nishkama karma, of spiritual practices in general, is that... Um, um, uh, uh, small defects are not uh, important. Sakama karma, this, dif- this uh, difference is made in rituals in Hinduism. Sakama karma, rituals performed with desires. It has to be perfect. Otherwise, it will not give results or sometimes negative results may come. Harm may ensue from that. This is sort of general feeling that, uh, general idea that people have all over India. One, one knows this clearly. One does it properly or not at all. But, if you're doing a puja ritual out of love for God, or the purpose is God realization, then the small things do not matter at all. Sri Ramakrishna says, the child, the different children call out to the father. Some says father, some says papa, and the youngest child just says pa. But does that mean the father will not love the youngest child just because he cannot pronounce it? Not at all. Not at all. Um... Prabhupada Basu says, peace of mind also comes from separation of seer and seen. Correct. This was the fifth state I was talking about. Drik Drishya Vivekan leading to ultimate realization that uh, Aham Brahmasmi. That attitude is, let the mind think what it will. What is it to you? There are six billion, seven billion minds thinking all sorts of insane thoughts all over the planet. Nothing to you because they are not your mind. You can say that, but I, I don't have access to those insane thoughts in their mind, so I am at peace. But in my mind is obvious to me. No, the problem with the thoughts of, of my mind is that it is my mind. If I were a telepath and I could watch the thoughts of other people, God forbid, but I could watch the thoughts of other people, just be like a movie. It would be of no consequence to me. Similarly, my mind also should be of no consequence to me. That's the jnani's approach. The yogi's approach is to shut down the mind, quieten the mind, calm the mind. The bhakta's approach is to be uh, fill the mind with devotional thoughts. You, you will think, but devotional thoughts. And the karma yogi's approach is to fill the mind with the thoughts of welfare of others, of worship, of converting activities uh, for the worship of Lord, and so on. Gloria is asking his emphasis on worship, devotion, a method for negating the fear of God. One may start with the fear of God, but bhakti must proceed beyond the fear of God. Uh, Many people say, oh, fear of God is bad. No, it's not really bad. It's the beginning of devotion. See, devotion, all that one may speak about devotion and love of God, it's often because we have no conception of what God is. As we begin to have a conception of God, as it becomes deeper and more serious, the first feeling will be awe. And it's like when you go to meet 
like the most important, most powerful, the richest and the greatest person in the world, you will feel awe. You don't feel immediately that, hey, he's my pal or my, or my buddy. No, you feel awe. And imagine, multiply that a million times. So uh, religion often begins with fear of God, with awe of God. When uh, Arjuna, he asked for uh, a vision of God, the Vishwarupa. So what was his reaction? He wanted to see that. And Krishna said, yes, you can see it. But his first reaction was he was completely scared. He was terrified. His first reaction is, uh, reaction is every hair on his body stood on the end when he began to see what God really is. There's a reason why the devotees of God are always shown like this in front of the Lord. I know one monk who is a staunch non-dualist. Staunch, you know, Aham Brahmasmi, that kind of. So he went to the Jagannath temple in Puri. So as he went inside, uh, he, he said later, every thought of I am Brahman and, you know, there's one existence consciousness, everything fled away. It's suddenly in the, in the front of this extraordinary magnificence, this huge spiritual power. So, you know, that's one place Sri Ramakrishna never went to. The Holy Mother went and showed the picture of Sri Ramakrishna to Lord Jagannath because Sri Ramakrishna said, I cannot go there. If I go, I will not be able to come out of that. I will leave the body there. So, um, so this non-dualist, Aham Brahmasmi, totally gone. He said, there's, there's no question of that. You are just this, like the thousands of people there all raising their hands like this. This non-dualist monk also just like this and with, with hands. It will be overcome. All these little th things of our intellect, when you're actually face-to-face -face with God and forget face-to-face -face with God, with, with a manifestation of God as you find in very powerful places like Puri Jagannath and some of the other ancient temples in India. You will be over overcome. There is no doubt about it. All right. We, I will not take up the other questions. Um, Rick says, regular experience of Samadhi integrates, infuses and stabilizes it such that eventually it abides in it. Absolutely. Regular practice of meditation, deep meditation, it will have its effect immediately on the rest of the day. The serenity, not just serenity, centeredness, and not even that, holiness. Serenity, yes. Centeredness, yes. But holiness, it will be like a perfume which spreads around your, your others will also notice it. I've seen it in the lives of senior monks. It is, there is no doubt about it. You can clearly sense the difference. You're entering the presence of something holy. When you come to their presence, just there, maybe sitting down, walking around or talking or just alone, sitting quietly. I've had so many such experiences. Once I went up to meet a very senior monk of the order in Belurmat. So some work, just some very sec almost secular kind of work, you know, the karma yoga. And uh, the Swami had not come down to his office. He lived on a room upst upstairs in the building. So I thought I'll go to the room and catch him. Uh, before he gets busy. So I went up to the room. It was time for all the Swamis to come down to work and most had come. He had not yet come. 
So I caught him at that moment when he was just getting ready to come out from his room and go down to the office for his daily work. I saw him from the window. He didn't see me. He was bowing down to the little picture of Sri Ramakrishna, Masharada, Swami Vivekananda on his table. He was bowing down on the floor. And this is like a 75-year-old Swami. On the floor is bowing down. And it's so simple. Something that I've seen a thousand times and I've done a thousands of times. The Swami is bowing down and yet it was a scene that I'll never forget in my life. As simple as that. It's almost as if it was literally like nature stood still. There was a very holy silence in the entire room and a vibrant feeling of the presence of God. And I'm just standing outside the room and watching this Swami. And uh, it's something that I will never forget in my life. I've seen it again and again. And I didn't, of course, speak to the Swami. just quietly backed out and went away from there. There are so many such instances. Another Swami, I know a disciple of Swami Shivananda, Swami Bhavanandaji. I've mentioned him a few times, this Irish man who became a monk, who met M. I mentioned in the Kathamrita class. So I used to serve him to, towards the end of his life. Uh, in the evening, Arati in uh, Deoghar Ramakrishna Mission. So after the Arati is over, all the children leave, the monks leave. And he was old, nearly 90. So I used to like, walk with him, hold his hand and walk around. He would go and bow down to Sri Ramakrishna, Ma Sharada, Swami Vivekananda. Then he would go and each of the direct disciples' pictures, Swami Brahmananda, Shivananda. And he had seen a number of them. That was amazing to walk with him. I still remember one day he's bowing down to a picture of Swami Abhedananda and saying, I consider him to be my second guru uh, because he's, he's a disciple of Swami Shivananda and so on. Now, one day, he, so we have finished all the pranams and he's going to leave the temple and goes to the door of the temple. And it caught me by surprise. He's walking down, suddenly turned around and he bowed down like this. Now, I don't know if, how I can convey it, when I turn around and I see a picture, then I bow down to the picture. It's a formal thing. But when he's bowing down, the look in his eyes is actually seeing a living form because I almost jumped out of my skin. I, I whirled around like this to look what, what who he was, was he looking at? I just saw the picture of Sri Ramakrishna. This kind of thing. And uh, he actually got a vision. At least twice he told me that he got visions of his guru, Swami Shivananda. I've, I've seen him standing in front of the picture of his guru, Swami Shivananda. Tears flowing down his eyes. And when he saw, saw me, I, I, that I saw him, that he was crying, he looked at me and he said, you know, Vishwarup, that is my uh, uh, pre-monastic name, Vishwarup, where I was, uh, what I was and what I have become by the grace of, of, of the Guru. What I was and what I have become. With, with tears flowing down his eyes. So, yes. The living presence you can feel. Anuradha says, I find the hardest thing is likes and dislikes. I know the answer is karma yoga, but that is really words for me. Yes. Even mechanically, if we start offering our likes and dislikes, to the, you don't have to force it. Start doing things which we like and offering that to the Lord. And uh, situations we do not like, work we do not like, people or food or things, you know, whatever we do not like now. Mentally also you associate it with the Lord. And all of this is coming to me as prasad. So in the prasad also, I may like the mango piece and I may not like the, um, the pear or something, but both are prasad. I mean, uh, that, that holiness is attached to me. 
I can't reject it. Suppose the prayer comes to me, I can't throw it away because it's the prasad offered to the Lord. I will take it with reverence. Similarly, nobody is forcing you to like an unpleasant person. Nobody is forcing you to like illness. Obviously, it's unpleasant, but uh, it is the prasad of the Lord. It's the Lord's universe. It's the Lord's body, Lord's prana, life, senses, even the mind and thoughts. They all belong to the Lord. What business is it of mine? I'm, I will happily receive all of it. Okay. Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Tat Sat Shri Ramakrishna Rupa Namastu